His regular allocation of three months' home leave to Britain, December 1923 to March 1924, came at a bad time. It was a tense period as far as the National Park issue was concerned, and he was still unsure of what to do with his life once the status of the park had been settled. He was, after all, almost sixty, and retirement loomed. So he set out for Britain with a heavy heart, but aboard the Windsor Castle his spirits lifted because it was one of the happiest voyages to England he had had in years. Two attractive women took him under their wings, and he enjoyed the attention immensely. One was Princess Marie Louise, granddaughter of Queen Victoria, and the other was Mrs. Frances Ingram of Cape Town. In London, Stevenson Hamilton kept up the acquaintance with the princess, who invited the warden to dine with her at her home. If anyone a month ago had told me I should be driving a royal princess about London alone, he exclaimed to his journal. He was flattered by her attention. She even remembered to send him a valedictory wire before he returned to South Africa, and he confided to his journal, I really like her very much. Now I'm used to trotting around with royalty. Really, I do think the lady rather likes me. It did not take Stevenson Hamilton long to change his thinking about using the reserve as a sporting facility for the rich. He came to believe, instead, that game reserves should adopt as their guiding principle the establishment of undisturbed sanctuaries in which game animals could increase in number and mutually balance their numbers in a natural and ecological way. It is extremely doubtful that he would have had any success with his views had the land of the reserve been regarded as anything but worthless. However, as the decade proceeded, it became clear that the cost of maintaining game reserves in a strictly preservationist manner had to be calculated in terms of the withdrawal of such reserves from direct involvement in the economic development of the country. In the decade following 1910, several important factors combined to threaten the existence of game reserves. These included a growing scarcity of land, the local extinction of the tsetse fly, which made previously inhospitable areas disease-free, and advances in medicine, agriculture, and mineral exploitation. James Stevenson Hamilton's role in South African game reserve philosophy was a seminal one. Although one of his books was dedicated to the guardian spirit of the Lofeld, he was not a mystic or a pantheist, but essentially a practical conservationist. Although he had earlier expressed private reservations about his career in the Sabi Game Reserve, he had by 1910 become convinced that the reserve had an important future. He came in time to think that there were three principal reasons for protecting wild animals. They must remain available for the investigations of naturalists, the legitimate aspirations of sportsmen, and the visual gratification of the public of another generation. He distinguished between a sanctuary, which legally enjoyed inviolability, in that no shooting whatsoever was permitted within its defined area, and a preserve, which was an area wherein animals are preserved for the use of a privileged few.